It's Rugby Rant to Banter, episode 204. Hi, Sheddies, it's me, Eddie Stevens. I'm in my shed, for all you fucking know. The time is 11.06 a.m. My time, right? I want to stress that. That's my time. But it's also 7.06 p.m. Brother Jonesy time. I've got brethren member. Oh, I'm a fucking fuck. You know what? Forget the whole podcast. I ruined it. Um. Six, it's 7.06 somebody's time, but it's six. an hour of my time, Eddie. What's that? He stole an hour of my time. Well, it's because, you know what it is? It's because I wanted to start at seven. And you said, it's too late. I've got children to take care of, which is pathetic. Um, But anyway, yes, Brother Jonesy is here. Hello, Jonesy. Hello, Eddie. Jonesy is uh, is a very high-profile Brethren member. I need to come up with official rankings because the Brethren, essentially, Brethren is just anybody that that I have decided <laughs> that I interact with. Anyone loosely connected to my podcast, Mallover Podcast, um, and the group chat that we're in. And Brother Jonesy, I'll just call you Jonesy because it's getting weird. Jonesy is in the group chat, and he burst into the group chat not well a year ago not even that it was after the all over invitational that's right after the all over invitational um he burst in and for my money has contributed the most to the humor in our group chat and that's how he's managed to force his way up the rankings of brethren to i don't know archdeacon is that a thing it is now but i think the pressure is now on me Having had yeah. no. comments for the last two years. Yeah, there's no, there's no uh, pressure. There's a good chance I'll just delete this when we're done and not share it with anyone. Um, what was I going to say? So Jonesy was on the Brethren Pod last time, but the, he just pointed out in the in our pre-pod warm-up chat uh, that there was a long delay every time he wanted to say anything, which was uh, annoying for him and. Uh, I'd have settled for annoying. I felt like an absolute twat. So I'd say something, then there'd just be this awkward, just like pause thinking. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was just us waiting. But if you listen to the podcast, it almost sounds like we're just appalled with everything you say. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Um, but now you're back, and this time with sound. And uh, what's I gonna say? I told you I'm the least prepared for this podcast I've ever been. Um, oh, I was going to complain about my um, courtroom update, because didn't I hint at that? Did you say you wanted to hear the whole story? Yeah, because oh. you're trying to tell us... Hang on, there's my fucking oven beeping. It'll finish in a second. I know, and you did warn me that it was going to happen. All right, it's done now. Then, yeah. Okay. The courtroom story and how it got there sounded interesting, but that... Fucking asshole, AJ Martinez, talking yeah. shit non-stop. <laughs> that's an hour of my fucking life. Talk about your time. You owe me an hour of my time after that <laughs> fucking podcast. I haven't yeah. heard the end of it. Okay. Well, I, ordinary, in the past, when people... I remember people get very upset with that piece of shit, AJ Martinez. Um, the rugby brethren get very upset because... Um, first he insulted... He, he made a joke about the royal family, and that upset everyone. And uh, also, he's just uh, he's just very obnoxious. But in the past, 
I haven't, I've tried to defend him, but the timing, when you were upset with AJ, I was literally this close to like fist fighting him in real life. Like we had a huge, huge falling out, which I can talk about because he's not going to listen to this. If and he, he does. My behalf, then it solves everybody's problems. Well, this, this is what the problem was. I made a fucking, this is the most trivial bullshit. I made a, a, a podcast. Wasn't even really a flyer. You know, on the podcast, you have the little thumbnail, the little artwork. Yeah. So you see it. It's like, usually you see it on your phone and it's about a centimeter and a half in dimensions. And, uh, it's kind of pointless. You just need a logo there. Um, so I made a logo with him and me in it and it looked fine. It was good, but he wasn't happy with how he looked in the photo. He thought it was unflattering. And I said, AJ, there are no good photos of you. I don't know if you've seen him. Um, and it led to the biggest falling out where I was basically like, you know what? I just don't, we don't ever have to podcast. You can just fuck off. Um, and so all of that was happening when you were all like many members of the, of the, of the brethren were complaining about him being a twat basically on the podcast. And it was music to my ears at that point. But you've seen things. Yeah, I have, and now things are a little bit better. But I don't know what it, it's. It's weird because maybe it's just like a U.S. thing. Like I feel like people in the U.S. really enjoy the Eddie and AJ podcast, but most of my English friends are like, "Nah, not for me." So I don't know. But I don't really give a shit. But yeah, the the um the issue, the courtroom drama thing was, um. I don't know how much I said about it, if I said anything, but basically I got given a ticket for dropping my son off at school, as I have done for over a decade. Okay, this might be a really boring story, and I'm going to keep it as short as I can, but basically, so my youngest son, Ollie, he's 10, he goes to elementary school, so it's like primary school, right? I don't know if it ever works like this in the UK, but the way it works here is most schools especially elementary schools kids can either get the school bus right or their parents can come and pick them up and what you'll get is any neighborhood where there's a, a an elementary school in the morning and then after school you get this giant line of cars stretching through the neighborhood because none of them have adequate parking for some reason you can't there's no car park that you can pull into park and get your son you have to line up and if you get there if you're not there really early you'll line up for half an hour or longer. So at my son's, my youngest son's school, this, this elementary school that all three of my kids have gone to, and I've done this with all of them, there is a, basically a patch of dirt on the opposite side of the road from the school where people just pull over into and park, get out and pick up their kids. That way you're not in line for half an hour, right? So in order to get across the road into this dirt, you have to drive through – God, this is fucking boring. I've just realized. You have to drive through um, a no um, – like a uh, like a dotted line in the U.S. where you can't – I don't know what the rules are. In the, I've never drove in England, but you can't overtake in that lane. There's no crossing, right? So you have to drive through this d- double yellow line to get across the road. And – the, 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 when you cross the road, 
it's not just dirt. This is New Mexico, so it's dry and arid, and the ground is like just horrible concrete, cracked up, nasty earth. And it's essentially what looks like a miniature cr- uh, Grand Canyon going through this patch of dirt that you have to drive around. So basically, I overtook, I went in a no passing lane at about three miles an hour for about five seconds and got into the dirt. And there was, there were two cops here, um, on bikes waiting. And by the way, like I said, I've done this every single school day for over a decade. We've all I'm done it. Me. You don't need to sell it to me. Yeah. And, and, and by the way, ever since that day, everyone still does it. They just, you know, but long story short. Yeah. They waited. He stopped me. He said, if you'd have just pulled straight into the dirt, you'd have been okay, but you drove up the road slightly, so you have to have a ticket. And he basically wrote me a ticket for dropping my son off at school. Uh, well, you must have heard me. Did I tell you what that well, bitch... Mentally, I, I, I just want to keep children safe, Eddie. So yeah, yeah, and that's right. That's right. Fuck, I just, I've already told... Well, some people won't have heard that story. Um, but yeah, I went to... I have now um, rebelled against all authority. I used to defend the police here. And by the way, there's a big difference between U.S. police and English police. I was thinking about this. I feel like the U.K. police are very, hello, sir, what seems to be the problem here? Whereas the U.S. is a lot more, sir, keep your hands in the vehicle. You know what I'm saying? Um, I used to defend them, but just this one experience has made me a cop killer. I now kill police. And uh, I also, <laughs> when I went, I went to court for this. It's like it's nothing. It's a little ticket, right? So you all go in there and you basically have to plead guilty or not guilty. And guess what? When they said all rise for the judge, didn't fucking rise. Bad man. I am a bad motherfucker. I'm basically the punisher. Um, but I got to go back in in a few weeks to plead my case. And I think I'm going to win. What's your legal strategy? What's that? What's going to be your legal strategy? Um, strategy number one being English. Okay. Start. Like, and I'm not talking about driving on the wrong side of the road. I just mean I have a, uh, an English friend who lives out here who got shit faced drunk, drove his car, tried to drive his car home drunk, crashed into someone's front garden, got his car stuck, got out of the car, ran to my house where I was living with my brother at the time. My brother drove him back there. He was still drunk. The cops were there waiting. Cop starts yelling at him. He goes, I'm very sorry, officer. It's very inappropriate of me. And they went, where are you from? And he got off. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to use that strategy, first of all. Then I'm going to point out the many, many um, extenuating circumstances. The fact that I drive a fucking really old Ford Focus that can't I can't go off-roading in, so I had to avoid this. Dis- I've taken pictures. I've been back to the scene of the crime. I've taken pictures of the ground where I couldn't drive. Um, I'm also going to film the line of people doing it tomorrow. I'm going to just drive a few people doing it. Not that that's, I know that that's not an excuse. Oh, other people are doing it. But the fact of the matter is, I'm just going to go into as much detail as possible. And, the, and, the, and another advantage I have is that I have a completely 100% impeccable clean driving record. I've been driving here for over 20 years. I've never had a single ticket. So, and if, and, and if he still, if he even makes me do, they sometimes they'll make you do driving school, you know, so, you, so it doesn't go on your record. If he says that, I'm going to say, 
I'm leaving the country. I will now leave the country because I uh, teaches those courses. Yeah, fair one. Yeah, I don't need a fucking driving course. I knew what I was doing, and I'll do it again. <laughs> Bad man. I'm out of control. They gotta lock me up. To be honest with you. Anyway, um, I don't know why we're talking about legal problems. Not like you know anything about that. Um, let's talk rugby. That. Good. Sometimes when I say that, my guest goes, oh, fucking hell. Unless there's something you want to, sh- unless there's anything fun going on in your life, legally or? Legally, less said the better. And fun, no, I'm just drinking until Christmas. Oh, is that why you don't feel, that's why you're ill? <laughs> <laughs> just, well, that's just, um, <laughs> go ahead. Okay. Eh? Oh, nothing. See, now you're not, you're, there's no lag now. I just talked over you twice. Um, okay, so you watched all the Champions Rugby. I was saying Champions Cup Rugby this weekend, for various reasons, mostly a bunch of Christmassy bollocks, having to do Christmas shopping, having to work more to pay for Christmas shopping, went to the worst Christmas uh, work Christmas party ever, which I'll probably get into at some point because it's pretty fun, um, but I'm talking too much. Uh, I watched little tidbits of the Champions Cup. I watched Saints win, naturally. By the way, Jonesy, somebody, I was scanning through the, the, our group chat, the Brethren chat. Did somebody imply that Northampton were a boring team to watch? Maybe. Probably. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, I just, I swear, somebody said, they were the, the, the beigest rugby team, and I don't think they meant, like, the colour of their shirt. I think they were implying they were, like, bland, boring to watch, which is, you know, other than Quinns, I don't think there's a more exciting team to watch in the Premiership, personally, but who's your team, by the way? I don't have one anymore. It's cool. I used to I be a really. fan. I'm a massive fan of Jason Robinson when he was in league and then followed him into Union, so I became a Sail Sharks fan and then kind of out with them. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard when you have sort of a tenuous link to a rugby team, because I was the same. I, I became a Northampton fan just because I, my favourite player when I started was Tim Rodber. Um, and now it's like, I don't know, I just sort of stuck with being a Saints fan, but I don't really care. But luckily, they're really fun to watch. Um, so I watched Saints play, or Saracens play. I watched a bunch of them play. What, was there anything that stood out for you? How much did you did you watch as much as me? Um, I watched a fair bit. And first question: Are Saints a good team now? Yeah, it, I mean they really are. I because I, I spent a long time denying it and refusing to believe it's possible, but they look genuine. I think I put in my when I was making notes, I said Lee Radford is the Saints' defense coach, and however much they're paying him, it should be double because. That has been, up until recently, their only real weakness. And now they're fucking, it's at least the last three, well, this season, their defense has been solid. That and George Furbank has been fucking amazing. And Courtney Laws. Well, they've got a bit of dog about them. I, about the only person that doesn't seem to have got the memo on it is um, Pearson. Everybody else in Saints is... Oh, yeah. I was thinking, of, isn't there a referee... Called Pearson. 
Luke Pearson, that's who I was thinking of. Um, Tom Pearson, yeah, that is weird, isn't it? You'd think he would have come in and had a lot of fun with that team, and he's very much underperformed. Huh. Uh, like I said on the group chat, I, I put money on Pearson going down as one of those should have been open sides for England. Yeah. I, I hate to admit it, but I get the feeling that Jack Morgan t- took his soul in that one cap. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Ugh, it was very Gavin Henson on Matthew Tate-esque, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully we're, we're wrong. There's a good chance we will be, but I agree with you. But talking of being wrong, yeah, um, Furbank. I used to complain about Furbank constantly. Couldn't understand why he was ever in the England squad. And actually, I made a YouTube video that no one will watch, not just because nobody tends to watch my YouTube videos, but because I never released it because I thought it was shit. I was do- I did one on fly halves. You do? Okay, nice. You watch them, but you don't like them. I fucking like them. Oh, shit, you do. I literally had somebody... Um, somebody... I even like them when I don't watch them. Oh, that's that's all I want. I don't... You don't have to watch them. Just just play it, put, hit play and walk away and then like it later so, it's, so that it sort of looks good for the statistics. They always make a somebody... them. I just can't guarantee I'll watch them. Yeah, fair enough. Well, this last one was really shit. I, it was me. I was out in the bus. I keep doing these videos where I'm wandering around in the forest, and I don't know why. Um, and it requires so much editing. And I probably spent two hours editing it before I decided I hated it. But anyway, really quickly, I, I'm, get, I'm now getting uh, roasted by, I think, a bot or like an automated response. Because on one of my YouTube videos, a comment makes fun of me for having only four likes. But then it sort of advertises something. I have to find this now. Yeah, have a look. It was uh, it was the props video, I think. But the joke's on them because it has seven likes. So now who's a fucking huge loser? Um, but yeah, in the video that never was, um, I was talking about fly halves. Where do you stand on the fly half situation? Because it's been sorry, this is all over the place. The the um, England fly half situation because Owen Farrell has simplified everything by taking himself out of the equation. Because up until he did that, it was this big argument of, should it be Owen Farrell? Should it be Marcus Smith? That's the big argument. Then people go, actually, should it be George Ford? And if it's George Ford, should Farrell be 12? And if Farrell's 12, should Marcus Smith be 15? Now it's just, who's your 10? It's Marcus Smith or George Ford. Marcus Smith. Um not that I think there's anything wrong with George Ford, but we know what we're going to be getting with George Ford. I mean, we know what we're going to be getting with Marcus Smith, but the ceiling is higher in that we can give ourselves options of how we're going to play. He can develop into the more of the George Ford type of... Um, yeah. Which he kind of has. has Marcus Smith I mean, he, back pocket. Yeah, I totally agree. And Marcus, one of the ways Marcus Smith's impressed me this season is, amazingly, tell me if you if you see what I'm seeing. I feel like since he's been in the England squad, where he's required to kick more, at Quinns we've seen more of that. He seems to be a little bit more, um, I mean, he's still a, 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 a bit of a maverick. He's still a magician. He still does these crazy, awesome Marcus Smith things. But he definitely seems to kick more. Yeah, he's controlling the game far more accurately. I think so. Uh, and um, that um, drop goal that he got last week was a definite nod to Steve Borthwick 
Yes. Yeah. That was good stuff. Um, but back to my point I was making, the reason I thought about this is as I was rambling both physically and verbally on the video that I was making, I talked about the top fly halves in the country being Marcus Smith, uh, George Ford, more on reputation. I haven't seen that much from George Ford this season, I don't think. Owen Farrell, obviously. Then there's Finn Smith at Saints, right, who looks like he could be one for the future. But arguably, I've watched enough of Saints that George Furbank, who's been great at fullback, when he's been playing 10, has looked as good as anyone else. And I I am almost willing to guarantee you George Fur- Furbank will be brought into the England squad because that way they can have Ford and Smith and Furbank can play fullback or 10, no problem. I think you can I think I think Borthwick will will like that personally. Yeah. Tasty, why not? I mean Aaron, Arundel's solved a little bit of a problem for Borthwick as well by not coming back to England. So yeah. there's that back three spot open for him. Um yeah. Stewart, he's got his gifts, but he's also got his limitations and I think experimenting with Fairbank will probably give us a little bit more Choice really. Yeah. My only issue with Furbank is <clears throat> he's looked very consistent this season, but in the past he's been very hot and cold, and when he's off, I feel like he's really shit. He's the kind of player that you could see coming in for England and really letting us down. And I'm not sure if he ever has, actually, but something yeah, to worry about. You can only pick these players whilst they're on their way up, can't you? You can't yeah. plan it on like when they might be going on their way back down, so. Right, right. He's doing well at the moment. Let's have a go with it. Oh, yeah. And while I guess we're just going through, we'll keep going through these teams because we're talking about Northampton. They beat Toulon. Um, other good players in the Saints team. What do you reckon about uh, Tommy Freeman at centre? Um, I think centre, outside centre in particular, is too congested for him at the moment. In terms of talent? Sorry? In terms of talent? Yeah, there is. We've got Ollie Lawrence. Henry Slade is obviously catching attention again. Um, to a lesser extent, Will Joseph is putting in performances there for Quinns. Um, I don't think we need a Tommy Freeman outside centre as good as he could be. I don't think he yeah. outfights Ollie Lawrence for one. Um even if we put Tuolangi back at outside centre, which is his natural position. Um, yeah, but then the... There will be options for Tuolangi. Yeah. Then the um, question is who could be at 12. Questions got to be asked about Dingwall. Yeah. Um, Dingwall is one of those players where... Do you know what? Talking about, you know, you mentioned the moment with uh, Pearson getting smashed against Wales. I saw Dingwall play, of all games, I think he was playing for England against Barbarians. And they had, um, fuck, what's his name? Who's the uh, Fijian Englishman that plays? uh, There's a bunch of brothers. Matavesi. Matavesi, so Josh Matavesi. I seem to remember him just completely owning Dingwall in that match, physically, just running him over. And it's just put this... I worry about him. But having said that, 
he's looked really good for Saints ever since. He hasn't his physicality hasn't looked like a problem, but I just I just can't. I'm one of the people. I'm I'm one of the few people that I love Ollie Lawrence, and I love him at 13. And I know that you probably don't agree, but I. I still like him at 12. I've got no problem with him playing 12. Every time he's played 12 for England, he's looked really, really good. Yeah, I, he, he looks good there, but I just don't think we're doing uh, service to players by playing them out of position. Let's just play the best players in their position and just, for once for England, let's just see how that works. Let's play okay. a, a fly half at fly half. Let's play a 12 at 12, you know, outside centre, outside yeah. centre. Great, aren't I? I'm trying to play Ollie Lawrence at 12, George Furbank at 10, Tommy Freeman at 13, where he's been. Yeah. No, I take your point. But at least it's a fun, it's a fun discussion. I uh, argument for Freeman to go on the wing for England. Well, that's the thing. I wouldn't be surprised if he's picked in the England squad in the same way that Furbank will be because of his versatility. Mm. And I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. Like, it's something that in the past I've complained about. Like, you don't want a bunch of players who are quite good in multiple positions. I want to have, like, specialists who are the best. But I think Tommy Freeman is easily good enough to play for England on the wing or centre or even fullback. It'd be interesting to see if Saints try him at 12, but I don't think they will because I think um, Dingwall is their man. Yeah. What's happened to Rory Hutchinson? Surely he's got to come back as well at some point. Yeah, he must be injured. I, I, he's, Rory Hutchinson is one of those players that I get really pissed off thinking about because he reminds me a bit of uh, Nick Tompkins in that he's really English, you know, and I've been watching him for years and years and years, and I feel like two things annoy me. I feel like they got stolen by another nation, and they don't get enough respect from English fans. Um, I love Rory Hutchinson when he's fit. I think he's a he's a world class player. But yeah, I don't know what the deal is with him because I've barely seen him this season. Yeah, fair. Although he... I know he's played for Scotland at youth level, but you know. Somebody, um, little Harry Randall played for Wales at youth level. And he's still, he's still uh, English in my books. He's not really, is he? He's probably Welsh. Grey area. Well, they're lad. They're just living in a weird county that's quite big. I know, yeah. Well, political. <laughs> um, okay, and then one, one last note on uh, Saints. Courtney Laws might be not just the best back rower in the country now, maybe the best player in the country, and he's not going to play for England. How do you feel about that? No, please for him, go for England. Um, what about if, me? If Courtney comes back in, which I wouldn't say no to, it put, kicks a can down the road for all of the questions that England need to answer. Yeah. Who's going to play six next? Who's going to be the next captain? I mean, I'd rather get a grip on all of these sort of things now rather than reintroduce Courtney after he's retired because you know, I think we're I in totally the process. I totally agree with you. I think well, you said good, it's, you're happy for him. It makes sense at this point. He wants to, he's still playing. He wants to probably extend his career as long as he can. 
doesn't make sense for him to go back into the England squad. And yeah, even if he is the best option, at what point does he start to lose his edge a bit? I'd rather get somebody. But, you know, instant, as soon as you said, start talking about who's next in line, I got really excited. So at some point, I didn't say we were going to do this, but at some point, I really want to go through the whole England squad and discuss who we want in each position because I fucking love that shit. That's a pod on its own, mate. It is. It is. Well, okay. But we'll see. We'll see. We're already at half an hour. Barely got going. We talked about one game because you won't shut up. Just kidding. Uh, Okay, now I'm going to stop talking so much because, um, by the way, can you imagine if I was on Ritalin? (laughs) Um, Let's talk about a game that I didn't really see much. Here, was there a pick of the view, a match that you enjoyed particularly? Because I mentioned the Saints match. That's what I enjoyed because, you know. Regrettably, the Leicester match. Now, I know nothing about that. I didn't see that match. Tell me. Leicester took down a three-and-a-half team to start front, say. And it seemed very old-school Leicester. They ground it out. Backs were <laughs> effective as well. But in the dying moments of the game, it was old-school Leicester. And a tight headlock that made the difference for him. Harry Wells was monumental when he came on. Well, um, yeah, it was just it was a proper old school Leicester versus a French team sort of match, and um, yeah, they came out on top for it away, which I thought was brilliant. Who did who did they? Um, you said it was like a B team. Who they have it? So they didn't have uh, what's his face at fly half? Did they have? Um, Shilcock at fly half. I love uh, Mike fucking Brown on the wing, Anthony Watson on the other wing, and Charlie Atkinson at fullback. Because in a fullback, fuck me. That's like yeah. a team. That's like a back. That's like they did that specifically for me, and I didn't even watch the match. Well, apparently, they had a load of late injuries. Ollie Hassel Collins uh, and the other. Right. I did see that. Yeah. And um, yeah. How did they get on that back three? Serviceable. Hmm. Did what they needed to do. Watson. Yeah. Didn't shine, but. Again, yeah, did what he needed to do. Okay, so so when you said regrettably or disappointingly Leicester was your pick, would you mean just because it was a boring game, or because you hate Leicester, or no, it's not. That I even hate Leicester. It's just I know that there will be somebody that we know that will be listening to this game that will be, you know, having a frothy wank over the fact that I've picked Leicester as the game of the week. <laughs> it is awful, isn't it? It is awful being in because there's there's always somebody. There's enough of a variety of where well, there's enough of uh, fans of different clubs in our group chat. There's some bastards always wanking themselves off about something. Knowing that we are all absolute pricks, it's um, very difficult to let somebody else enjoy a moment. <laughs> we are, and by that I mean they. They're all pricks, <laughs> especially to me because I'm so easily gaslit. Um. Uh, God, I I would have liked to watch that. So, Leicester won. Okay, so hang on a second. Let me just have a little look. In terms of wins this week, so I know Bristol lost because I... Did you watch the Bristol match? Yeah. Um, yeah. Was, I knew they were going to lose when I went... When it was just the game was starting, and I went, who the fuck's that? Who the fuck's that? I don't know half these players. 
Yeah, I, I felt, well, mixed emotions to the Bristol match because there was a young lad playing that um, actually played with. Holy um, shit. Making his European Cup debut. Which one was he? Joe Owen, the blind side. Can't remember. Yeah, uh, and a lot of those lads just got sent out as lambs to slaughter. Yeah. It was literally Operation Human Shield. It's a weird one, isn't it? Because it's like... I understand the the logic in sending out a weaker team to sort of accepting that you're going to lose. But there's not a lot they can... Well, fuck it, I don't care. Um, I think Bristol, I actually quite like, I like watching Bristol. They got some of my favourite players. They got little Harry Randall, who wasn't there with his candle. Um, Harry the little teapot thacker, as I now call him. Uh, they got a lot of really exciting players, but I don't think they've got the squad depth, have they, that some of the other teams have? I can't stand Pat Lamb, to be honest. Yeah, I've... I, I can't make up my mind about him. The way he's built the squad is a shit show. Do you know what it was for me? So when he came in as coach of Bristol, I really liked him. I thought he was a genius. Like, I listened to his his sort of philosophy on coaching, and I thought this I loved him. The thing for me that really pissed me off, uh, it was the incident with Steve Borthwick. Remember? the? Um, I can't even remember what it was now, but basically him... What the fuck even happened? Some bullshit where he oh, tried to take advantage of the rules. Well, um, what's he called? The prop. Um, oh, yeah. It, he was saying that he wasn't able to play both sides or yeah. something. Whatever it was. But No, just Pat Ram is just so insincere. Yeah. Um, it, everything's about love. And oh, I really like the team to buy in and give their own input and everything. And yeah. he's a couple of players in... Interviews and they've sort of let slip like no, it's absolutely Pat's way or the highway, and right. we do what Pat's told. And like no, you're full of shit, mate. But the good thing is, um, when he does eventually get fired, we can we can use the headline "Lamb to the Slaughter." Looking forward to it. Yep. Um, okay. I was trying to look through the teams though. So, so Bristol got spanked. Uh, Queens lost. Which, um, Quinn's didn't lose. They, Quinn's got absolutely fisted. Fuck, they did. Now, they just completely outplayed, or did something go wrong? Uh, no. Um, I mean, all, everything we said about, well, not we, but everybody is saying about Prem teams going well in Europe and everything, and all this talk about, yeah, we underrated the Premiership and they could do really well in Europe. Now, we're, we're playing to lose this cup. And we're in it until they decide we're not. I mean, really? Yeah. Oh, Christ. I was very smug last week because I have a theory uh, based almost entirely on fiction and madness in my brain that somehow lowered salary cap, lower squad sizes will somehow benefit us. And it's basically based on the fact that for a long time I felt like any time a premiership team would play a supposedly inferior Welsh region, they'd always struggle. And I've just got this idea that somehow by having less, a squad is able to bond more. And no, by being, 
and I, I, I just have a feeling that some of these teams are gonna are gonna with the adversity, um, less pressure perhaps helps too. They're actually gonna come out a little stronger. But I know what you mean. It doesn't change the fact that Toulouse is who they are, and I mean French rugby in general. As you know, I don't even care. As long as the Bulls don't win the whole thing, I really don't want a South African... Like, I, I don't want this to be another anti-South African podcast, but take... I've got a chip on my shoulder with the, with the South Africans in general, okay? But even just brushing that off, they shouldn't be in the tournament. It doesn't make sense to me. I hate that we have South African teams in a European Cup. Well, have you seen what's happened to Newcastle? Uh, possibly. They played Johannesburg Lions in the Challenge Cup. Yeah. Flight home got cancelled. They had to take three different flights to get back to Newcastle. The whole thing's stupid. Yeah. And then they're back on Monday and they've got to play again on Friday. Jesus Christ. And and the other disadvantage they have is that they are Newcastle. Yeah. Um, You know, it's annoying too because when you say something about this, the South Africans, the average South African fan, is so fucking stupid. They'll say, oh, you're just scared because we're going to win. It's like, no one's criticising their ability. It's got nothing to do with that. Um, I don't want any team from outside of Europe to be playing in the European Cup. I, I would be, I think it was stupid if um, England was added to the Rugby Championship, or whatever the fuck they call it, with the, you know, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, Argentina. It wouldn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I know, I know, completely agree. It, it's mental. So hopefully they don't fucking win. Um, but it looks like, I mean, who are the teams? This weekend. What's that? Bulls lost this weekend. They did by what, a point though? They lost, I'll take it. I'll take that too. And unfortunately, you know, so Toulouse won, Leinster won. Who did Leinster beat? Sale. But they only beat Shit. a second string, a proper second string sales side by ten points. Oh really? Yeah. And did they have a full strength looking team? Yeah, they went. That's good. Point. That's good. You never know. I mean, I don't know. This whole Premiership season has been so topsy turvy. I said this when Mooney was on here. It's like I've been bragging about Saints looking really great. They could lose to Newcastle next week. I don't fucking know because there just doesn't doesn't seem to be that. You know, we're used to certain teams beating other teams and, like, Exeter looked really good, then they looked shit. Saracens looked really good, then they looked shit. Um, but speaking of Saracens, they've done well with their Argentinian signings. Yeah. Fucking that. Juan Martin Gonzalez. Did you see his try? Yeah. It was insane. It was like he was tackled, but then he just decided he wouldn't be and scored. And he's he's been great for them since he signed. And then they got the winger, I forget his name, Argentine. Is it Cici? Cinti. Cinti. I called him a sissy for some reason. Dallas no, uh, just looked more like he was pulling the try line towards him. Yeah. That was mental. Um, the Saracens beat Ulster fairly handily, didn't they? I, that was a game I watched some of, but not all of. Saracens played Connick. Oh, they played Connick. That's yeah. right. Right. Yep. First half, it was an uphill battle for them, but once they kind of dug their heels in and got a bit of a bite into the game, they took control. Yeah, 
yeah, that's what it looked like to me too. But like I said, I think I, I think I might have fast forwarded through the ending just sort of, to sort of see what happened. Um, but then, I don't think they're going to do particularly well that much later on in the competition. I'm saying we start they start coming up against some of the heavyweight teams like um, Toulouse for well Toulouse any of the South African teams and they're probably going to get yeah, turned they over. They lost pretty badly, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, it's awful. It's awful. Um, some people's pick of the week for matches was uh, Cardiff versus Bath. Certainly if you were neutral, it was a exciting game. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed it. Fair play to Cardiff, considering the shit show Welsh rugby's in. Yeah, but that's the thing. Should have done better. I'm yeah, I, thinking that they would. So yeah, yeah, Bath were. Um, I feel like Bath were. Um, like went to sleep a little bit at times in defence. Um, I tell you something that really pissed me off. So right from the get go, this is the only m- note that I made when I watched this match. Um, that um, referees. I've decided that referees just can't referee scrums. Like, I don't know what to do about it, but there was, like, the first scrum of the match, the Cardiff blindside flanker just unbound and drove straight into the, the bath, uh, to Beno Urbano, and the referee gave a penalty to Cardiff. And there was a number of dodgy scrum penalties in this match, and then I started watching them in other games, and I'm just like, I, am, I think it's the biggest problem in rugby today is that the scrums are still this fucking lottery. And you can argue that, you know, World Cups can be won or lost based on some bizarre interpretations of the scrums. I fucking yeah. I hate it. I think the best thing they can do is just get rid of penalties at scrums, make everything a free kick, and just incentivize teams to be better at scrummaging. That would be cool. Okay, good, you solved it. Well done. Thank you. And then also... <laughs> allow rugby to police itself a little bit more and um, it's amazing what it would do to straighten up a prop when somebody turns up and stands up and sticks one on him god well that's the dream but that'll never happen yeah will never allow that shit god it would be great i'm sick of the little fucking um gus wars of the world getting a fucking giant second row's faces and grabbing them like he fancies himself it's like because he knows nothing can happen. When Dana White runs rugby, mate, will um, it will sort itself out. Oh God, yeah. Anything will go. Um, but that was it. Was still a really fun that Cardiff versus Bath match. Bath, well, they pulled through, and I, you know, it was. I just watched it thinking, sort of like at some point, a proper team is just going to play either of them and just go uh, no and just squash them. Maybe. You know when you start to see these midgets trying to fight a giant and they're holding them off at arm's length? Yeah. It's going to be like that and then they'll get bored of it and just crush them. Yeah. I do think, I don't know, I'll probably be, hopefully I'll be proven wrong, but I do think Bath are, um, I don't think Bath are as fantastic as the, you know, Captain Frank Rigdon's of the world believe. Um, But, and I put my finger my shyest touch finger in a 
I don't know, a condom before I say this. Uh, Alfie Barberry is. What do you think about Alfie Barberry? Because I have no opinion on him. I think he is coming coming along nicely, and I reckon getting him involved in an international camp and benefit of some elite level strength and conditioning and training will probably be the tipping point. And as long as he can stay injury free, then we are looking at a long term number eight, hopefully for England. Well, I'm not saying shit. Good. Uh, um, <laughs> by the way, do you know? Is, uh, have I missed something? Is Ben Earl injured? Yes. How badly? Hopefully back for the Six Nations. Hopefully back for the Six Nations. Okay. Tom Curry is definitely out. Yeah. So, it's conceivable you could see a back row with Barbary. I'm not saying this. It's conceivable you could see Barbary starting for England at eight with Ben Earl on the flank. Yeah. But then you need a, a line-out option on, in the back row, too. And I think Ludlam's out still, right? Yeah, there's Cunningham South. Uh, he's coming along nicely. Might be a year too early for him, probably. Yeah, um, do you know what we're doing right now? Him involved in another in a training camp, though. Here's my England back row to start right now, assuming that Ludlam is unavailable. And Ben Earl is back in time. Earl at seven. Alfie Barberi at eight. That's what I'm saying. And George Martin at six. Who's in the road? Yeah, we're... We're either doing the England thing or we're not. Say that again? We either do the England thing or we're not. Right. Just do it. Well... George Martin at six begs a question. Who's playing in second row? Marrow and... Ooh. There's somebody I've been getting excited about recently. What about... um... George Martin. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Tell you the person I want playing back row for England. It's a pain in the ass that he's injured right now. Is Ted Hill. Yeah, yeah. He's our tackle blindside. He's tall, he's line-out option, and should be there. Yeah, he's obviously not the same as Courtney Laws, but it is a, if this makes sense, he still kind of fills a Courtney Laws-sized hole. Yeah. Um, That would be great, but there's got to be somebody. Who am I forgetting? Obviously not Tom Pearson. We talked about that. Shit. Yeah, let's not bother with this because I'm gonna, it's going to take us all fucking... We've, we've already been doing... We're almost up on 50 minutes now. Um, okay, so just wrapping up the, the, the Champions Cup talk. Is it, it's premiership again this weekend, isn't it? Um, yeah, it must be. It must be. And I'm going to have to fucking sort out my fantasy. I don't like this fantasy rugby draft that we, we're doing now. I'm not involved. Oh, you're not? Now, when you say you're not involved, are you just, uh, have you given up? No, I didn't bother. I, I just think. I like the draft element, just a normal fantasy rugby team, just is no, hard work. Right. Well, honestly, half the skill comes in the way you draft. And now it's like, I don't like the fact that everyone can have the same players and it isn't as fun, but I still want to try. Um, 
Okay. Yeah. Definitely back oh. from this weekend. Yeah. Uh, fuck, I feel like I was going to say something about the Premiership, but I don't know. The Six Nations will be here before you know it. Without going too far into the England team, who's your England captain? I don't know. Okay, let me think. So without Farrell there, and without Tom Curry there, and without Courtney Laws there, I mean, I people have explained to me why it doesn't make sense and it doesn't work. But I don't quite, I still don't quite understand. I don't think it should be Ellis Genge, who I love. It's not. Okay. I, just, um, I still am a big fan of Maro Toji as captain. I don't know what the problem with that is. Yeah, no, I think it 100% makes sense. Yeah. And somebody that is going to be a guaranteed starter and eight to nine out of people, nine out of ten people will say that he's going to be a guaranteed England starter play the full 80 minutes, he can communicate effectively and articulately without pissing people off. Yeah. Um, why not? Yeah, because he's uh, the reason he's so good is he's not just a physical talent, he clearly understands the game. Yeah. You know, tactically, and, and as you said, he is a good communicator. I, 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 it's kind of incredible to me that it hasn't already happened. I don't really understand, but that's who I would go with just off the top of my head, I think. Yeah, no, I completely agree. You said it's going to be Ellis Genge. Which, I love Ellis Genge, but... Love him. When your captain only plays 50 minutes at the most, 55, and there is a not unreasonable chance of seeing your captain getting his head pushed up his arse on a scrum... Doesn't mm-hmm. do a great deal for your team. Yeah, and also there's a chance that if his head isn't, if he doesn't lose his head up his own ass from scrummaging, he might just lose his head from a bout of rage. But I think to be fair to him, he, he never we never saw that from him when he was captaining Leicester. But That's true. I don't know. You see what the England captaincy does to Farrell. It yeah, pull up tighter, doesn't it? Yeah. And statistically, not that I necessarily think this is a trend that would continue. I think, how many times, because Genge has captained England before. Is it once or twice? I think twice. Yeah. And I think both times England got destroyed. And it could just be pure coincidence, but that sticks in my teeth too. Yeah. But Maro Toji as captain, I think, makes the most sense. Uh, but it'll probably be Ellis Genge. What do you think of my my little scheme of Ellis Genge playing number eight? Do you think it's laughable? No, I was crying out for Leicester to put him at number eight about three or four years ago when they had absolutely no good for, go forward ball and mm. their loose head prop was their main ball carrier. It should have made sense. I think the horse has probably bolted now, but yeah, probably because he's. He's very similar to the Leicester, like Jasper Visa, the way that he yeah, plays. Exactly. So I, I would love to see it happen, but like it's not going to happen, so I don't know why I even bother saying it. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Well, that's rugby. Rugby. Can we talk really quickly? Because people who don't, um, don't know Jonesy, don't see Jonesy, don't see me, um, 
Is it fair to say that I don't want to call you a see? I am a classic douchey gym bro, not <laughs> but like the way I live my life, I'm always working out, like to the detriment of everything else. When I was playing rugby, the best I ever played at rugby, I was not in the gym as much as I was towards the end of my career, and I was way shitter at rugby because I cared more about like aesthetically how I looked than how I performed. I wouldn't say that you're like that, are you? But you do love a workout, Jonesy. I like a workout. I like working out is more of a means to an end for me. And that end is usually either rugby or some other useful bit of physical dominance on my fellow man. I thought you were going to say injury. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were just recovered from, was it, did you tear your pec or your, oh. uh, you were what? Distal tendon in my bicep. Uh, okay, so the tendon in your bicep, are you talk- did it snap? Um, 95% tear. They had a little bit left that they managed to salvage and then stitch it back now, is together. This the tendon, is this the tendon that goes all the way through, like from your, through your bicep up through your shoulder? No, lower biceps are um, uh, across the shoulder. Okay. So, yeah, I-, that, I was playing in what was supposed to be my retirement match because okay. of, decided I wasn't going to play in these new laws. Yeah. And, um, yeah, three minutes in and it went ping. Well, retirement matches, if you're going to have a career ending injury, it's the best time to do it. Yeah, but it was a cut final for us as well and. I'm not going out like that, so I will make a triumphant return to the second team next after Christmas. I can't wait. I I wasn't at the Mallover Rugby Invitational. To anyone listening that doesn't know, Mallover Rugby Podcast had an invitational rugby match that I wanted to play in, but I couldn't because I'm too much of a loser. And, um, yeah, word, word on the street is that Jonesy is quite formidable. Yeah, depends whose word you ask. No, I believe it. Um, in the centres. I think someone said that you and I should play in the centres together. But you know what? I am shit at centre. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm okay, like, if I get the ball. But my problem is I played almost all of my career at scrum half or flanker, right? And I'm just... How much do you Well, I've lost a shit ton of weight because I'm on this carnivore diet. But, like... When I was playing rugby, I was up to like two, I was like, at one point I was like 245 pounds, which is, I don't know what that is in stone or kilos. It's decent size, like. 18 and a half, something like that. Yeah, and, but it wasn't, you know, I'm only 5'10", and that's pushing it. I actually don't know. I might be 5'9 and a half. Um, Measure it up, mate. 5'7". 5'7". But I slouch. But I'm, uh, but that weight was not like, it was, first of all, it wasn't all muscle. And I built, somebody once pointed out, I'm sort of built like a starfish. I have all this mass, like, the closer to my chest I get, the bigger I am. But I have, like, skinny little calf muscles and skinny little wrists. And sometimes I think that my frame isn't designed, my, my frame is not designed to be that fucking big. Right now, I'm exactly 200 pounds, and I keep losing weight. So... I think 200 pounds is probably barely 14 and a half stone or something. But 
yeah, I think we should play in the centre together. I'm about 2.35 and yeah. a difficult six foot tall. Okay. So well, the issue is... We're centre partnership made in heaven, mate. No, I would, but you'd hate me because I... Physically, I'd be all right, but... Well, actually, probably not even physically for reasons I'll get into, but when fit, physically, I do fine there. My issue is... I follow the ball, and there's something wrong with me. I find it very hard to stay in position. Well, that's fine, because neither one of us is going to pass to the other. So you follow the ball, get it when you can, and yeah. then... Defensively, I'm, I'm, I'm often missing. I get, <laughs> I get really stupid positions. That the ADHD the comes in. Yeah, it's ADHD. I'm a liability. I don't trust myself as centre. But the other issue is... I, got, I thought about this the other day. It, it's weird how... I think I've been in denial for a while. So I'm 44. Um, and, like, I'm in very good shape, if I say, say, say so myself, because I didn't even, you know, I, did, I basically didn't drink for the majority of my 20s and 30s at all. Um, and I spent a lot of the time having a pretty clean diet now. Um, and I've never not worked out. I do all the things required to stay as young and in shape as possible. But I think I said this on the Brethren podcast. I have so many problems with my Achilles that I say my Achilles heel is my Achilles heel. Like I can't, no matter what I do, I've been trying to fix. I I realized this a couple of days ago. I have been trying to fix my Achilles heel now for about two years. And I just can't, it's just, and I do all the right. I went to a, um, what you call it? I think I may have talked about this on the Brethren pod. I went to uh, the, uh, what's the foot expert called? Not a paedophile. <laughs> <laughs> who happened to be a paedophile. And um, he told me, he was like, he was like blown away at the knowledge that I had because I'd researched how to fix Achilles tendinosis, which is what I have. And he said I was doing all the right things. And I'm like, but it's still... Like, I used to do sprints all the time, sprints and plyometrics, and I just, I had to stop doing sprints about a year ago because I did some hill sprints, and that one session of hill sprints is what my, is, up until then, I would get in, you know, a, a, I, I struggled with Achilles tendonitis or Achilles tendinosis in both my Achilles, but that session, like, properly injured my left one, and I've never not had pain in it since. And it's like, I just can't even sprint. So right now, I'm not even capable of uh, playing rugby. Yeah, well, I can't even sprint because I'm seriously fucking unfit. So yeah, well, I wish it, I wish it was uh, something I could remedy just by working out. But to be honest with you, I think working out might be my problem. I think I was running too much still. Because been... if you're oh, yeah. running, given how much... Like you say, you've got small calves compared to the rest of your body. Yeah. And you've got all of that middle body weight, then it's never going to work out for you. Yeah. Get a rowing machine. Yeah, I was thinking of doing swimming, which I'm yeah. shit. That's the weird thing. There's a there's a pool nearby. You can do laps. But the lifeguards, they're really annoying. They just walk around and make sure you're not drowning all the time. But I feel like I'm being judged when I swim. Like, I'm a strong swimmer in that there's no chance I can drown, but I, I'm, I'm also, like, insecure that they're going to be like, look at this guy. 
can't even fucking maintain proper form when breaststroking. Which is none of their business, what I do with my girlfriend at the pool. But, um, yeah, so if there ever is another Mallover International, uh, international, well, it would be if I came, Mallover Invitational, um, I just hope to fuck my Achilles is going to be. That's kind of my focus now. I'm at the point where I'm not trying to get as massive and yoked as I can. I'm trying to maintain strength and lose fat and be as functional as I can. Because it would be nice to get out and just run around a bit, smash a bit. Uh, um, quit drinking in the New Year, see how that works out for me. And it's a weird thing. Prolong yeah, my career for another couple of years. Yeah, because I tell people, like, I think I've, like I just said, like I didn't drink for a number <laughs> of years. But then again, I was like saying, I still feel like shit. I still felt like shit all the time. It's like, I don't, I don't know if it makes that much of a difference. Um, but I did, um, my girlfriend does these insane, you've seen my, the, my girlfriend porn that I share, right? Um, her workout the porn. TikToks or the, uh, group chat stuff? Uh, videos are two different things, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't know. But, um, she actually, when I started dating her, it completely changed the way that, that I view fitness because up until that point I was like lift heavy and jump and run and sprint. And then she does these fucking insane like full body circuits with like no rest where it's like you, it's, sometimes it's body weight, sometimes it's little, little pussy dumbbells. And I was like, what's Eddie, the point? But hmm? are you going out with a crossfitter? No, but she should be a crossfitter. The only reason I don't do CrossFit is that... It's cunt work? Well, I don't know. That's what people say, but I haven't experienced any of that. I see people who do CrossFit, and they they always look really good. And it seems like something I would probably enjoy, except that I have really bad mobility and stuff. Like, I don't want to learn the fucking... I don't want to get good at all the little compound lifts and stuff. I just, I'm, I'm in my comfort zone. Fair. But no, she's not, she doesn't do CrossFit. She doesn't, she should do CrossFit or she should do like hot yoga because she's super flexible. She's got a really strong core, but she does these leg circuits that are like fucking like, so I did one a couple of days ago and it's, it's, um, what did I do? I started with 15 reps of, kettlebell squats with calf raises. Then you go straight to a bunch of uh, Romanian deadlifts, straight to split squats. Split, it's basically tons of different variations of squats, lunges, deadlifts. And it is hell. Like, you, I, I don't enjoy it. Like, I, I have to approach it with a completely different mindset to when I do. If I'm going to do, like, a work, let's say I do a five-by-five five workout, which I love. So that's just five sets of five. So it's, like, big heavy weights. You can rest as long as you want. They're fun. You know, it's like, I mean, sometimes it's scary if you're going to bench like a shit ton of weight. Sometimes it's like, fuck, it's scary because it's it's physically dangerous to a degree. And then I'm so desperate to beat what I got the last workout that I get a bit nervous. But it's not these circuits that I do. It's like I'm here to suffer. There's no smiling. There's no happiness. There's no confidence. There's no ego. It's just suffer, 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 and then when it's over, you're happy. Yeah, I hate circuits. Your yeah. five fives, do you 
keep escalating your weight up to the fifth set, or do you deload on the last one? Do you go max weight on the fourth and then? When I do five by five, it's the same weight for every set. Yeah. Yeah. And the weird thing is, I just, my method is, I, every week, I have to improve in some way. I, I want to get either one more rep, or I go up in, or, or I get all five, five sets of five, and then I go up in weight the next week. The weird thing is, I always do. I always progress. Like, I, I, I haven't had a week. I'm 44. But, in a sense, the gains have never stopped. Like, I'll always do a bit better. Having said that, once it starts to plateau a bit, I'll switch to a different way of training. So just, it's good for me mentally. Yeah, you get you build up muscle memory, don't you? And yeah, if you're doing the same thing, it doesn't progress. Yeah. Also steroids. Just kidding. <laughs> um, I um I dabbled with performance enhancing drugs, not as much as um. I've implied. My problem is this. So I, like I even did, cause I told you you should do TRT, which I know is harder to do in England. I did a, I got on TRT for a little bit and then I decided I just didn't want to do it because I don't think I need it yet, but I'll probably get back on it eventually. Just even from the tiniest little dose. So I'll just, I'll just say it. There's been times in my life in the past where I've used, uh, testosterone. And other things, done little cycles. The problem is, none of them have, have ever worked out well for me because, so I've mentioned before that when I take Ritalin, it made me like spaz, it made me feel physically really unwell and I have stopped taking it. Um, I have learned that almost any drug I take, I react really badly to. And drugs I don't know if it's, what's that? Drugs are bad. I, I apparently, Except cocaine, that one's great. But uh, you can't take that now because I don't know what it's like for you, uh, Jonesy, trying to get a hold of cocaine. But nowadays, the fear is that there will be, um, what's it called? Uh, what's the one that kills everybody? Fentanyl. Fentanyl. Which I'm convinced the government lied about just to scare everyone out of doing blow. But I don't want to find out. So now I can't do that. But I do have a can of psilocybin mushrooms still. Those are good, too. <laughs> I got like a, but then again, I'm scared to take those because the last time I did, I tell you I was, did I mention this? I think you did a whole bottle of it. Yeah, I, 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 I went on a date with a girl and she gave me a chocolate that had mushrooms in it, but it also had weed in it, and I get really bad anxiety from weed. But then one day I just decided to eat it because I remembered she said it wasn't very strong, and then I went to hell. And then when I told her, she was like, no, I said, I said, I didn't say they're not really strong. I said, be careful because they're really strong. <laughs> it's like, it's almost the same thing. But anyway, yeah, I've dabbled with performance enhancing drugs and I've never really gotten a huge, a huge benefit from anything except when I did this tiny dose of TRT, maybe because it was actually pharmaceutical grade testosterone, like the real thing. But it was like such a small amount. I was like, why am I even doing it? But I felt like I had a full on steroid cycle. Like I got a boost in everything. Even my balls started to shrink. And that's how uh, you know. Never tried anything like that. I mean, the cost, notwithstanding, and obviously the legal implications. 
yeah. I've never, whilst I do the gym as much as I can, I've never really thought that I've trained hard enough to warrant it. See, my theory is this. If you start being accused of being on steroids and you're not, that's when you're allowed to do it. And I've had that. Um, I may try something out again one day, but for now I'm just like this carnivore diet I'm doing, just eating nothing but – I call it carnivore. I've started calling it um, ketobore. Anti-vegan. Well, I mean, not necessarily – I mean, I'm, I'm quite um, – not to be just argumentative. Like, I'm actually quite sympathetic to vegans. I don't have a problem with it personally. But I'm and also – I care more about my own health and my own – I care more about – I'm selfish. I care more about myself than other creatures. And so I'm on a – basically a ketogenic diet that is mostly – animal products, but I can't really call it a carnivore diet because I drink protein shakes, you know, and sometimes I want to have a fucking, like, a burger, not just beef, but I'll get, like, a keto keto uh, burger bun, you know, which is, like, two grams of carbs. That is not carnivore, but I just feel like it's just so fucking miserable eating nothing but meat and dairy, you know? Yeah. Um, but honestly, you hear a lot of bullshit with diets. At 44 years old, having this, this diet with like basically no carbs, I was worried that it would affect my workouts. I was worried that I'd be tired in the gym. And it hasn't, the only difference it seems to have made is I've lost a ton of body fat. And if anything, I think I have gained some muscle. It's kind of mind blowing. Oh. Uh, so you're going to try it? Mate, it cost of meat over here. Oh, it's bullshit, I know. Yeah. Fucking cripple me, I'd love to. Yeah, but you've got to think, think of it, the hospital bills you'll save on, oh wait, you've got free healthcare. Fuck. <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> That's the argument they use here. Um, shit for the rest of my life and then get the government to pay me. Yeah. Okay, it's fine. Okay, well, we've, we've been, see, the problem with recording, uh, cool people like you is we've done over an hour now, and I feel like, uh, we could, we could go on for another hour. Um, is there anything we haven't covered that you feel like you want to cover? Is there any, do you have any, um, anyone you want to talk shit about? Anyone, uh, any beef? Um, there is a piece of shit that is about to go to fucking New Zealand because he's oh. running away a situation. And, oh. and I just want to wish him all the fucking worst in the world and goodbye, Matty Ball. Okay, okay, but <laughs> so first of all, he is running away from a work sit. We're doing uh, quotation marks situation. Do that on the podcast. Okay, um, Matt Ball, who, but yeah, he. I mean, he definitely is a piece of shit, um, but we do like him really. Because oh, yeah. Yeah. sometimes uh, I'll say something horrible about him and he'll message me and be like, be making sure that I'm not actually angry. But sometimes I am angry with him. He gave me a, did I tell you, that, did I mention this? I was going to go on Mallover and uh, I was really, I get nervous going on other people's podcasts. Less so now, but back earlier on, I used to get really uncomfortable. Um, and he said, Right before I was going to go on, 
he he said like a really nasty comment about me being terrible, um, stupid, and not funny in any way. But it fucked me up. It made me completely question my abilities for that podcast. So I did hate him that day. But since then, we've made up. And uh, Matt, I know he's listening. We love you, Matt, don't we, Jonesy? Yeah. yeah. He's shaking his head. No, he's saying he doesn't. To be fair to him, he's the only one of the brethren I've ever actually had sat in my kitchen shed. Yeah. So I tolerate him. By the way, what is behind you that looks like you've grown antlers? Literally antlers. Okay, there's a deer head on the wall. Not a real one. And uh, Jonesy's sitting perfectly so that the antlers are sticking out. You look like some kind of pagan god. This was entirely planned. Is it? And it took me the entire podcast to to snap. (laughs) Shit. All right, well, let's wrap it up, Jonesy. This was great. And uh, sorry if I talk too much, but, you know, it is my podcast. I can't help it. Um, we talked shit about uh, about Matt. We talked about all the rugby. We talked about my court case. I think we're good, aren't we? I think we got there. Okay. Um, so we need to do an England pod. Yeah, I'd love to do an England pod with you. And let's not wait too long. Let's do an England pod together because this was fun. Let's 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 meet up if you can. I know you're very busy with uh, whatever it, whatever it is you do. Um, drug it's dealing, or something. Like a little bit of a yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you got your personal personal life. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but let's meet up before the Six Nations at the very least. Yeah, because so uh, I think that. We're not going to agree on everything, but I do think that I think your when your your opinions around uh, England rugby players are more aligned with mine. I think. And and I think information bias as well. Yeah, that's I love that stuff. Yeah, um, it's like when uh, I told I said on the podcast I wanted feedback, and then Frank brother Frank Rigdon disagreed with something I said, and I was outraged, and he said we well, did ask for feedback. I was like, we're not that fucking kind. Agree with me, you know? Absolutely. Worst kind of threat. Yeah. (laughs) All right, good. All right, thanks, Jonesy. Uh, uh, Sheddies, let's wrap this. I told you I'm terrible at wrap ending these podcasts. Uh, Follow me on Twitter at Eddie Stevens with an extra S at the end. Follow me on Instagram at Eddie Stevens Massive Cock. Uh, follow me on TikTok if you you like doing that sort of thing. I wouldn't bother. And uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Like it. Even if, like Jones, you don't watch it, just like it and subscribe it and share it. Okay? Thank you, Jonesy. Thank you, Eddie. Okay. I'm not hanging up. I'm just going to stop the recording. <laughs>